The accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba presents the 22nd College Football Hall of Fame season of Fighting Irish Preview. And now the Banditos' fresh-made daily kickoff with your host, Phil Houck. And now back by popular demand, Fighting Irish Preview Poet Laureate, Sir Philip Houck. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. I call this poem, Bye Week, Season Review. Halfway to a glorious goal, time to review the Fighting Irish role. At midseason, 7-0 is such a thrill. Winning games always fills the bill. Week one, a stadium adorned in green. Beware the rush of O'Quara and Kareem. The evil Wolverine was soundly beat. A rivalry victory. Oh, so sweet. Next planned prey, the team from Ball State. Fun to come out ahead, but the effort not so great. An eight-point way-too-close win. There isn't a colorful way to spin. Against Vandy, the threat of a flop. Right until Jalen Elliott and the defense got the stop. Truly, the Commodores were stout, but the undefeated Irish still won out. Week four, Ian Book got the surprise start. An accurate passer with guile and heart. A solid four quarters against the demons at wake. A 29-point victory the Irish did take. Week five, Dexter was back. Tillery played large. And Ian Brook, now firmly in charge. Top 10 Stanford. But the Irish defense had clout. That the Irish were good was no longer in doubt. Next, a trip to the Virginia Tech den. That hokey house became an Irish playpen. Ian over 70%. Dexter scored from 97. The Irish found the balance known as gridiron heaven. Back home to play the Panthers of Pitt. The Irish a big favorite to write a steel town obit. On game day adversity for the Irish to deal. Book, he is human, but the defense unreal. Now a bye to rest and the 7-0 Irish at number four rate. Just five games left, which will serve up the Irish fate. The season's been full of blue and gold fun. And there is reason to think it's only just begun. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Banditos with four Fort Wayne locations, a Boyd, Waynedale, Georgetown, and Glenbrook Commons. Banditos is fresh made daily. Now stay tuned for Fighting Irish Insight from America's foremost authority on Notre Dame football, Tim Priester, senior editor of irishillustrated.com. After these words from Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, Sheer McCulloch Auctioneers, Star Bank, and Coors Light, the world's most refreshing beer, this is Fighting Irish Preview. The University of Notre Dame exemplifies dedication to hard work, integrity, and personal values which result in success in the classroom and on the football field. The professionals at Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like Notre Dame, know the same dedication, and their experience and ability provides peace of mind. Combining local expertise with access to national and international experts through their affiliation with BDO, the fifth largest accounting firm in the world. 
tax planning, tax compliance, auditing, business valuation, and estate planning. The full-service accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like the Irish, has what it takes to help you achieve success. Located in Fort Wayne near Jefferson Point, Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba proudly supports Notre Dame football and congratulates all those who are a part of the greatest tradition in all of sports. Go Irish! This is Art Salzberg. I don't endorse everybody, but I've found a company that I think provides a great service. The company is Shearer McCulloch, and what they do is targeted specifically for seniors, people who may be thinking about downsizing and are overwhelmed by the thought of what it's going to take. Shearer McCulloch will pack you up, move you, and then sell your house and everything that's left. Now that's the most comprehensive relocation service anywhere and what I call in sports terms covering all the bases. Sharon McCulloch uses an international auction platform to make sure your possessions are seen by the right buyers. They're looking to get top dollar from people who have an interest in the special treasures you've collected over the years. Sharon McCulloch is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and highly recommended by leading retirement communities and law firms. If Sharon and I decide to make a change in lifestyle, we'll be calling Sharon McCulloch at 441-8636. That's 441-8636. We trust them, and we know they'll make things easy and profitable. Coors Light. Established in 1978 and born in the Rockies, where the only thing more refreshing than your current adventure is what's next. It's why Coors Light is lagered cold for a lighter, crisper taste. Filtered cold to ensure brilliance, clarity, and brightness. And packaged cold for peak refreshment. Because those who thirst for more deserve nothing less than the world's most refreshing beer. Coors Light. 2018 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Star Bank is an Indiana-based community bank known for delivering quality service for the past 75 years. Whether you want to visit one of our convenient locations from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday through Saturday or bank electronically, Star is a full-service financial institution where you can bank wherever you are. Stop by a branch or visit starfinancial.com to switch to Star today. Member FDIC. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Houck. Well, Tim Priester, we said it last week repeatedly. In fact, it was our show theme, Respect the Panther. And the Pitt Panthers, sure enough, played a great game. But the Irish found a way, and I'm going to cut straight to the guy that I continue to be fascinated by. I love to watch as he grows before our eyes. Tim Ian Book had two interceptions. Bad. A little skittish in the pocket, as he described it in the first half. But two touchdowns, and he completed 81% of his passes, 26-32. His touchdown pass to Boykin to take the lead with five minutes to go was a thing of beauty. Uh, He's now number one in the nation in completion percentage. I was reminded of something that I've heard you and your Irish Illustrated colleagues say frequently over the years, that no quarterback's progress is linear. What does that mean? Well, the expectation that once a quarterback breaks through and has a couple good games, you know, the expectation that he's not going to ever take a step back is just, it's just unrealistic. It's, it's human nature for an individual to struggle. And, you know, it's athletic competition. You're going up against, especially in this case, a really good defensive mind in Pat Narduzzi, the head coach, better, better defensive mind than, than head coach. And, and so, I mean, you know, he was, he did panic a little bit, uh, abandoning the pocket early a few times in the, in the first half, and and he had the, it is just his fourth start this year in fifth career. So, 
it's never a straight path to success. You're going to take some zigs and zags along the way. And, and he took a few really, you know, each of the last two weeks at Virginia Tech as well. But the sign of a really good quarterback and a quarterback who, um, you know, now leads the country in, in completion percentage is one that before that 60 minutes is over, he finds a way to, to achieve success. And, the best time to achieve that success is in the second half, and Ian Book did it again. Yeah, and he's he's done that now week after week in his uh, relatively short uh, time as a starter. You know, uh, a really successful football coach friend of mine says that it is very good for your team to experience stress on the field. It makes them better, a better team, better players. And uh, check mark on what the Irish went through this last week. Tim, in 2016, Notre Dame lost eight games. I hate to have to bring that up again. Seven of those, though, were within a score, four by three points or less. And last Saturday, uh, all over the top 25 in, in college football, close calls for everybody. Not everybody, but a lot of teams. And some losses. It's difficult to win football games, and sometimes fans forget that. And Tim, it seems to me that... In, in the game today, the average margin for error in Power 5 football games seems to be getting narrower all the time. I just think there's more competition. It's harder to win games. Do you agree? I, I do, and I, and I think in most instances it's, it's, it's as much of a mental thing as a physical thing. Now, the, the, you know, the accumulation of, of what these guys have to go through from week to week, I mean, it just, it just makes sense that you can't be at your physical and mental peak Every game. I mean, it's it's certainly true of other sports, but I think you know this one in particular among the major sports, hockey, probably too. It's just so physical that it's difficult to be at that peak every week. And I listed in my uh, point after column all the close calls, and then the ones that that, that were close and, all, and ultimately led to losses. There were four top ten teams that lost, so it's difficult. And I and I don't say that you don't. I know you're not saying that to make an excuse for Notre Dame, but. It's just human nature. It's very difficult to do. And when you go up against a good defense of mine like Pat Narduzzi, Notre Dame's defense didn't really have any problems after that first 17-play drive. And that was caused, of course, by the uh, the penalty on special teams. The, the defense didn't have a problem, but the offense did. And now maybe next week it'll be, um, you know, reversed. Who knows? But, uh, you know, defense usually can stay pretty consistent. And it's offense. Now, especially when your offensive line is a little bit makeshift right now as they try to piece it all together, um, you know, you're going to have problems along the way, and Notre Dame did on Saturday. Yeah, they did, but that defense uh, after that first drive really locked things down, and Pitt knew it, and Pitt had a strategy to try and uh, do something against that defense, and that was to hold. Now, Tim, I've resisted bringing this up on the show, but that's really been a theme all year long that we've seen in other games. Uh, and and I love to quote that you wrote this week in your tale of the tape article. You said the only way to prevent Notre Dame's pass rush from completely wrecking an offense is to hold, and that, folks, is just what Pittsburgh did. And apparently, Brian Kelly and you agreed on that because this week he addressed that with the ACC. Yeah, I you know I am never one to point to the refs as causing you know harm to Notre Dame, and in fact, in that tale of tape story that you're referring to I tried to point out <clears throat> excuse me all the penalties that I thought you know weren't called against Notre Dame that should have been called as well but it was unbelievable what Pittsburgh's offensive line was doing in particular their right tackle who was reaching around 
grabbing the back of a jersey and throwing the Nordic player down. And I, you know, the most egregious one for me was Drew Tranquil. You expect it with defensive linemen, but it happened to Drew Tranquil. And when he complains to the ref, you know there's something there. But look, Notre Dame has a great pass rush, and teams with great pass rushes are going to be held more. You cannot keep Julian O'Quara blocked. You cannot keep Khalid Kareem blocked. And so you really have no choice. Uh, and, you know, an official point out to me just today, what, what's better, um, first and 20 or second and 20? Well, if you hold, it's first and 20. If you get beat and don't hold and he gets sacked, it's second and 20. So the alternative is a very, it's a very easy alternative, um, you know, for the offensive line to choose, and Pittsburgh chose it quite frequently. And uh, they got away with it. And uh, in any event, Brian Kelly sent uh, a tape of apparently of eight plays in particular that he wanted reviewed. Uh, and you talked about Julian Arquara, almost unstoppable. Eight quarterback hurries in one game. Talk about Arquara. Why is he so effective as a pass rusher? Well, and, and keep in mind that, that statistically you can't have more than one player per play have a, have a quarterback hurry. So that's him getting there first eight times uh, on, a, on a defensive line that, you know, that, that's quite capable. You know, I'm not sure that I can fully explain it. Uh, he's only 240 pounds. He's clearly way stronger than the average you know, 240-pound junior coming off the edge. Uh, you can see it when he, as a as a run defender as well. He's just quick twitch. You know, I'm not sure that he necessarily gets around the edge f- uh, faster than Kareem, but he just he won't stay blocked, and he'll he'll maybe make that first outside move and then duck underneath that. It's really I'm not sure that I can really fully uh, encapsulate what makes him such a great pass rusher, other than the fact that he just can't stay blocked. Well, speed and quickness. Uh, Aquara packages those two items perfectly. Uh, I, we've even seen him get out in the flat in, in pass coverage occasionally, and he's, he's just terrific. Okay, the pit kickoff return for touchdown to start the second half. That, a huge game changer. At that point, you know, it's 7-6. to six, You think, okay, we're going to get it going in the second half, but that really changed things. Uh, and Tim, giving up two kickoff returns now for touchdowns in a season is just about unthinkable. Two questions: What happened Saturday, and why can't Notre Dame just kick the ball out of the end zone like just about everyone else? Well, I I, I know Jonathan Dorr is strong enough to do it, but obviously he does his his uh, contact point is not consistent. He kicked it basically right down the middle of the field. And if you watch that return, it took a split second for that thing to be set up. And once once Maurice French made the cut to his left, it was pretty much over for Notre Dame. I, I described it man for man or as best I could in our tale of the tape this week. And it once he made that cut and that first wall of of defenders was was blocked, door wasn't fast enough, didn't have a good angle. Gilman gave chase, had a bad angle, Fertita gave chase. And, and didn't have a good angle on a guy that's really quick who obviously had a head of steam. So I give Pittsburgh credit. For it. it was blocked beautifully almost from the outset of the, of the catch by French. And, uh, you know, there are only four teams in the country now that have given up two touchdowns or kick returns for touchdowns, and Notre Dame's one of them. 
Well, and, and maybe Justin Yoon is the answer to, uh, I know they're trying to, to save his leg as the season wears on, but as the season wears on, you just can't give up uh, another kickoff return for touchdown. And now let's talk about the offensive line. And except for the two long home runs by Dexter Williams against Virginia Tech, the run game has been pretty much shut down since the Alex Barr injury. Obviously, a, a lot of concern here. Last week, Williams went uh, 31 yards on 13 carries. I'm concerned, Tim. I don't know. Aaron Banks, Jafar Armstrong hopefully getting back. Is there hope on the horizon to address uh, this lag in the rushing game? Well, there is from the standpoint that when it comes to offensive line play, you know, sometimes it just takes a little bit longer to, to get your chemistry. Sometimes seven games into the season isn't enough. I know a lot of coaches would agree with that. The problem is I just don't think I don't think Tommy Kramer's playing like a four star. I don't think Robert Haynes is playing like a four star. I don't think Liam Eikenberg's playing like you know, you can go down the list. I mean Sam Mustafer as the center, it's it's very difficult for him to, you know, uh, really, really influence a play. His he's got to snap the football, get his hands up and hold the point of attack. I don't think it's all Trevor Ruland's fault, the guy that had to replace Alex Bars. You know, we're now looking at an offensive line that doesn't have Quentin Nelson, Mike Lynchy, and Alex Bars. So that's a pretty significant drop-off from last year, and Bars is playing the best football of all. I think Aaron Banks, I would like to see a little bit more of Aaron Banks, and not necessarily just for Trevor Rulin, but for Tommy Kramer as well. Maybe it would help keep Tommy Kramer a little bit more fresh so he could get to the, get to the, uh, the point of attack when he's on the move. But there's no shortcut with offensive line play, and I, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's panic mode. But there's there are guys there that are going to have to play a lot better football than they have. Well, and you know one of the things that is a positive about that that which we really don't talk about because you always got to knock on woods when you bring it up. But it, for the running game, 34 straight games without a running back losing a fumble, and I think. Fans may have heard me knock on wood there. Now, Tim, let's talk about when teams load up the box, and that's one thing that Narduzzi did, Pitt did to Notre Dame last week, and the week before Virginia Tech also did it. When that happens, why don't the Irish just pass the ball more? Am I? Is it that simple? Uh, no, it's not that simple. Because I, I mean, I thought first of all, I thought Virginia Tech stacked the box a little bit more than Pittsburgh did. But what Pittsburgh does is they press cover on the outside with their corners. And they're good at it. That's a that's a total Narduzzi uh, trait. He did it at Michigan State. You can remember the Michigan State game when Notre Dame beat them at home and got about I don't know half a dozen pass interference calls, some of which uh, Michigan State complained about. But that's you know it's not that easy when you're pressing with your corners. Now Virginia Tech didn't press with their corners as much because uh, they they're not they're very young and and they you know they're not very experienced back there, but. Um, you know, I, th- I think we saw some adjustments in the second half. We saw some, um, you know, they moved uh, they moved Chase Claypool inside. We saw some slants that did some uh, damage against them. And as you mentioned earlier, Phil, the, the deep ball, the dime that uh, Ian Book dropped to, to Miles Boykin on the 35-yard game winner. So it's tough. I mean, you know, I mean, we see teams struggle with Notre Dame's defense. And although Pittsburgh struggled defensively, they were giving up 4.8 yards per carry coming into this game. Um, they did a really nice job, and Notre Dame didn't adjust to it very well. Well, it's a constant chess match, and uh, no doubt Brian Kelly and Chip Long will continue to work on that. Tim, uh, freshmen have been contributing for the Irish all season long, and last week a freshman stepped up in place of cornerback Troy Pride Jr. Uh, ankle issue for Troy Pride. Talk about Tariq Bracey. This, he's a little guy. 
Uh, but he did his job really well. Yeah, he's light. He, he's over six foot. He's got some decent length. I tell you, this is a kid that this is my three star defensive sleeper in the class. I really like him. He's got a lot of a lot of pass covered skills. But as you said, I mean, he's a buck seventy, and he is not very strong. You see him trying to sling people to the ground because he's just not strong enough to wrap and drive through a guy. But he's a game kid. He, he's very competitive. He didn't back down from the situation. Dante Vaughn was struggling. And when Dante Vaughn is is playing, that means he, that that means either he or Julian Love is, is playing the uh, the field corner, and both of them are more boundary corners. So, um, you know, Troy Pride will be, will be back, and and Love can play the, the the field or the boundary corner, and Pride can play play the field. But Bracey's a field corner, which is a you know a bigger area to defend, and he did a pretty good job. I would. You know, I think they'll stick with him, at least when it comes to a replacement from Troy Pride uh, moving forward. Well, it's great to see a freshman step in in that situation and not be overwhelmed by the moment. And Bracey equated himself well, actually had seven total tackles, and that was second on the team. Uh, Tim, one quick hit. In the fourth quarter, when Pitt tried that fake punt, they, they inserted a backup quarterback, Jeff George Jr., who, by the way, is the spitting image of his dad. And they put a bogus number on him, number 96. His number listed on the roster is number 3. So the 96 number is one off from that of the regular kicker, 97. Obviously an attempt to mislead the Irish. Can you do that? Can you change numbers like that? And what did you think of Pat Narducci's attempted trick play? Yeah, I don't uh, I don't know. So I'm not, I haven't brushed up on my fake number uh, rule, but I, I I don't think it's illegal, and so therefore, I mean, it's disingenuous, certainly, but if it's not illegal, I mean, I, I guess I can't blame him for doing it. I thought it was the worst disguise, number or not, I thought it was the worst disguise uh, fake pun on fourth and four, and, and, you know, I mean, who would you rather have in there? And I guess he is a, you know, Jeff George is a quarterback, but obviously he's not an experienced quarterback, and you'd think you'd want You'd want your starting quarterback in there, Kenny Pickett, and just run the fourth four. But I didn't, you know, Notre Dame had what they call their magic team for that, which is a special group of players in case of a fake punt. So obviously, Notre Dame wasn't fooled, yeah. regardless of the number of the uh, the punter, quote yeah. punter. Yeah, it was it was an interesting uh, attempt by uh, Pitt, but uh, Notre Dame did not fall for it at all. Thanks, Tim. Coming up, it's the all-time Irish hero, key to an Irish victory, injury report, and the world-famous Irish illustrated prediction. And during the break, it's the Fighting Irish Fact of the Week, brought to you by Star Bank. This is the 318th edition of Fighting Irish Preview. Shine the light into my room. Treat each house as if it was your own. Our mission statement at Bushy's Windows, Doors, and Remodeling. Hi, I'm Jim Bushy. At Bushy's, we're proud of our home improvement products that we offer, and we are even more proud of the award-winning installers who will come to your home. Right now, take advantage of our 12-month 0% interest payment plan, and estimates are always free. So call Bushy's at 456-1247, stop into our showroom, or check out bushysfw.com. Bushy's Windows, Doors, and Remodeling. Your clear choice. Your clear choice. 
choice is bushies. Your clear choice is bushies. Listen to that crowd roar. Art, the Aspen Mortgage team has just hit the field and the crowd has gone crazy. Phil, why does this crowd love Aspen so much? Well, Art, with more than 20 years in the mortgage business, Aspen is a dynasty. And with all that experience, these crafty veterans can personalize a mortgage for each customer's financial situation. So you always get the best loan program and interest rate. And the Aspen Mortgage team plays with a lot of class. What do you mean? Well, friendly personal service you can trust. A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. And Art, they'll go into overtime by working the weekends. And they aren't afraid to go on the road. They make house calls. Phil, I can see why the Aspen Mortgage Team is so popular. Wait, what's the crowd chanting now? Art, it's the Aspen phone number. For all your mortgage needs, 486-LOAN is the number to remember. Or visit them on the web at aspenmortgageco.com. Aspen Mortgage, a proud supporter of Notre Dame football. The Fighting Irish Fact of the Week is brought to you by Star Bank. With over 40 Indiana locations, Star is your local full-service bank. Fighting Irish Preview has been on the air for 22 years. Until this season, in that time, the Irish have started off 7-0 two other times in 2002 and 2012. Star Bank is celebrating its 75th anniversary and is here to serve you 7-7 Monday through Saturday. Visit a star branch to switch to star today. Member FDIC. Coors Light, established in 1978 and born in the Rockies, where the only thing more refreshing than your current adventure is what's next. It's why Coors Light is lagered cold for a lighter, crisper taste. Filtered cold to ensure brilliance, clarity, and brightness. And packaged cold for peak refreshment. Because those who thirst for more deserve nothing less than the world's most refreshing beer. Coors Light. 2018 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Selling or buying a house? In the real estate game, it's results that matter. And in Fort Wayne, Dan Schneider of Century 21 Bradley has built a reputation as a realtor you can trust to achieve the best results. And he'll do it with a friendly, personal touch. So put Dan's years of experience to work. Call Dan Schneider of Century 21 Bradley at 312-1479. Or visit him on the web at danschneiderhomes.com. That's Dan Schneider at 312-1479. Your call for real estate results. At Star Bank, we offer checking, savings, mortgage, small business, commercial banking, private banking, and wealth management, as well as insurance products to help Hoosiers reach their financial goals. Plus, with online banking and our mobile banking app, you can enjoy the convenience of banking wherever you are. Stop by a Star branch today to switch to Star. Member FDIC. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Houck. This is Fighting Irish Preview. The 7-0 and number 4 ranked Fighting Irish have this weekend off. They will return to play in San Diego on October 27th at 8 p.m. South Bend time against Navy. TV coverage that evening will be on CBS. And it's now time for the all-time Irish hero, brought to you by the Marina Lake Age. Chris Craft, Master Craft, Vanquish Runabouts, and J.C. Pontoons. We share your boating passion. And now we continue our great quarterbacks of the last 60 years series. First, let's review the great quarterbacks we have covered so far this season. John Hewitt, Terry Hanratty, Joe Theismann, 
Tom Clements, Joe Montana, Steve Bureline, and last week, Tony Rice. All great names, and this week, another. In 1989, Rick Meyer came to South Bend from just down the road from campus in Goshen, Indiana. He was heralded as one of the top quarterback prospects in the nation after having passed for 30 touchdowns and nearly 4,000 yards his senior year of high school. He carried a clipboard for Tony Rice his freshman season, and then took over the Irish offense from 1990 to 1992. Tim Rickmeyer presided over some really good football teams, compiled some great stats, and went on to be the second overall pick of the Seattle Seahawks in the NFL draft. Went on to have a really good rookie season for the Seattle Seahawks, but he then bounced around the NFL for 12 years and never really made it big there. But again, he bounced around for 12 years in the NFL, which is more than 99.999% of the world can say. But let's talk about college, Tim. How good was Rick Meyer in college? He was a really good college quarterback. And I thought, you know, 92 was his last season. And I really thought they stumbled early in the year. But I thought by the end of the year, that was one of the best teams in the country, if not the best team in the country. And then it it, it led to the, uh, the, the run for the national title in 93. But he was good, and he he was mobile uh, from from local uh, Goshen, Indiana, and um, you know, I mean, he was he could he could run, he could throw. He was a he really was the best of all worlds for for Lou Holtz. Lou Holtz, you know, coming off of Tony Rice like that running quarterback, but but Rick Meyer took it up to another notch and had great success at Notre Dame from 1990 to 92. Yeah, Rick Meyer threw for 6,000 yards, 41 touchdowns, and ran for another 17. So he truly was uh, the full package. In his 12-year NFL career, he started 68 games, threw for 12,000 yards, 50 touchdowns, but 76 interceptions. Rick Meyer, another Marina at Lake Gage all-time Irish hero. The Marina at Lake Gage, we love boats. And it's now time for the Aspen Mortgage early line on Navy. Tim Navy is going into this weekend at two and four. They'll match up against a five and one Houston team this week. The midshipmen have lost three straight uh, at SMU thirty one to thirty at Air Force thirty five to seven and Temple last week they lost twenty four to seventeen. As is typical, they are third nationally in rushing the ball at three hundred sixty five yards per game, and they are dead last in the nation passing the ball at sixty one yards per game through the air. Also, as usual, they are killing it in time of possession, and they don't commit penalties. And a bit unusual for an option team this year, they have protected the ball really well. Tim, last year Navy possessed the ball in the Notre Dame game a mind-numbing 42 minutes and 42 seconds, while the Irish did prevail 24-17. to Two questions. I know all about the that they saved the university during World War II thing, but why do we play these guys? And two, what is the Aspen Mortgage early line on Navy? I, you know, I'm on record saying I don't like Notre Dame playing Navy. Uh, I don't think it benefits them. Imagine if one of these great defensive linemen um, suffers an injury because of a, a, a cut block. Um, so I, I, you know, I don't like it, but. Uh, it, they're struggling. Obviously, as you mentioned, they're not as good as they normally are. They're kind of caught between quarterbacks a little bit. Uh, they converted Zach Aby into uh, to a wide receiver. He's listed as a wide receiver. So they've they've got some multiple weapons there. Uh, but you know, they I mean, they lost by four touchdowns to Air Force, and that's just not a typical Navy team. So I'll talk about this next week. But I really think. That Navy is going to be, uh, how should I say, Ian Book proof. 
I think Ian Book will move the football enough for Notre Dame where you won't get caught in that rut where every possession is an absolute must. I think Notre Dame should be able to possess and move the football a little bit better than they normally do against Navy. Well, it's also good to have two weeks to prepare for that option. Thanks, Tim. Aspen Mortgage, for all your mortgage needs, call 486-LOANS. And now the injury report brought to you by Indiana Physical Therapy. Your choice for physical therapy now with 17 northern Indiana locations. Tim, bye weeks are great times to heal bumps and bruises. How do the Irish stand health-wise during the bye week? Well, we, we, we normally get an update uh, on these things. We haven't really gotten an update, but I did see that it looked like in the fourth quarter Tony Jones Jr. might have tweaked that left ankle again. So we'll see where he is next week. But Notre Dame does anticipate having Jafar Armstrong back at, at running back, which I think is really, really significant. I think a healthy duo of Jafar Armstrong and Dexter Williams makes Notre Dame pretty potent at that position. I know uh, Dexter Williams made a really nice catch on a swing pass the other day, but the best receiver at that position, in addition to Tony Jones, is Jafar Armstrong, the former wide receiver. So looking forward to having him back in the rotation and teaming up with Tony Jones Jr. and specifically Dexter Williams. Well, having options in the running game can only help the offensive line, I would say. So it's going to be good to get those guys healthy. And it's now time for the world-famous Irish Illustrated prediction brought to you by irishillustrated.com. Tim Priester, for this week's prediction, we're going to go down the remaining games on the schedule. And Tim, I'm asking you to predict the difficulty of the challenge from 5-1, to one, the easiest to most difficult, Navy, Northwestern, Florida State, Syracuse, USC, which of those games do you think is going to be the easiest or the least difficult challenge for the Irish? As I look at it, it's, I almost have them in order. Number five for me would be Navy, as I mentioned. I, I think Notre Dame's offense will make things a little bit more problematic for, for Navy's defense and then, in turn, uh, Navy's ability to possess the football. Then I would say number four is at Northwestern. That's a game that I said in the summer would be one that Notre Dame – would lose, might lose, um, and I still think that's going to be potentially a challenging one for Notre Dame. Um, number one, going on the road, and number two, I know Pat Fitzgerald will have them ready. Number three, in terms of degree of difficulty, I have Syracuse, because we know what they can do offensively. That's in game 11. Number two, I, I'm, I promise I am not going to overlook what Florida State can do. It's a very talented team physically. Maybe the weather will help Notre Dame, and they won't want to play, but I don't think we can take Florida State for granted. And then number one, potentially 11-0, and Notre Dame going to USC. Always a tough place for Notre Dame to play, but when they've had their best season, they've gone out to USC and won that game. Yeah, and wow, that could really set up for a, a great, great evening of football in the Coliseum. And Tim, you just duplicated uh, my own uh, list, absolutely 100%. Uh, and so there's no way I was going to disagree with America's foremost authority on that list anyway. So all I can say, folks, is fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a fun and no doubt bumpy ride. It's been a great first half. Looking forward to five more games of Irish football. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Phil. Go Irish, and thanks for listening to Fighting Irish Preview. Special thanks to Jim Shovlin, Art Salzberg, and studio producer Adam Schenkel. Fighting Irish Preview is the copyrighted property of Judge Phil Productions. Podcasts by Federated Media. 
podcast by Federated Media.